We were fortunate to hear all the testimonies of the, uh, a number of Prabhupada's disciples who are gathered here, some whom are here for the first time, and um, and uh, we hope that uh, they'll visit again and uh, give us the good the, the good company. Um, but of course, uh, often um, spoke of the uh, strength in numbers, if you will. He used to give an example of one stick you can break very easily, but if you have many sticks together in a bunch, then it will be difficult uh, to break them. So, hmm. um, that kind of unity is uh, is uh, valuable. Um, that kind of sangha, as uh, you know, in the Gyanmarg we advance by detachment, by bairagya, and in the bhakti marg we advance by sangha, by attachment to that which is worthy of being attached to. We have some testaments here as to the, of some of my godbrothers and god sisters attachment to, to Prabhupada. This is a something that uh, is, is not um, isolated to a few people uh, that are uh, amongst his disciples. Pujapad Sridharmarsh once told me, he said that um, one thing about Swami Maharaj as he affectionately referred to, to Prabhupada is that um, usually a guru will have um, some disciples who are very affectionate and very, um, you know, enthusiastic and so forth. But the quality of Swami Maharaj is that they're all like that. <laughs> he says, very, very uh, exceptional kind of example, what he was able to, to draw from them. Hmm. I remember when um, he was... Uh, Forget the, the how it came up, but um, perhaps somebody and we were sitting on his veranda, Shridhar Marsh's veranda, and he was about eighty percent blind at that point, and he was um, uh, we were drawing out from him many things by our enthusiasm for Krishna consciousness gathered, as it was, from Prabhupada's association. And um, and he remarked that to the extent that many things are coming out that even his own disciples did not know or didn't draw out of him, didn't have that kind of enthusiasm. He leaned to me and said, if, he said, if, oh, if I had had... We were men at the time, but he would have said the same if the women were there. If I had some men like you, you know... So, when I was younger, we could have, you know, we could have done done something very powerful. So it was another statement as to the kind of her uh, sense of urgency, enthusiasm, and affection that Prabhupada was able to draw um, from his disciples. That was, and Pujapatridamar had a lot of experience of different acharyas and missions and so forth, and, uh, and he found that to be exceptional. Hmm? Uh, 
the subject came up once of of the, of the Vyasa Puja in Iskon. We would do the Vyasa Puja for Prabhupada uh, every day. It didn't start like that. Um, we used to, at least in Los Angeles, we used to have the Mongol Artik, and then we would at whatever four thirty or four fifteen, and then at six thirty we would gather. Some of us who didn't have other services would gather around Prabhupada's Vyasa song, and we would sing the the uh, the um, Guru Vastakam of Thakur again. That was like a kind of a Guru Puja. But um, when, when the way, just as as, uh, as as an aside, that it came about that we would every day offer Vyasa Puja um, was that um, we were with Prabhupada in Calcutta and on a morning walk. And somebody, I forget who it was, but they had it all planned out. And they had read somewhere, you know, the, uh, the idea of offering artik to the guru, which was, wasn't was being done other than when you offer the artik, Prabhupada's picture is there and so forth. And so he had, I forget who it was, but he asked, in the Prabhupada, is it all right to offer the uh, artik to the guru? Hmm? And uh, so Prabhupada said, yes, it must, you know, something like that. You know, he would, Yes, it must be done. <laughs> and so, of course, they had it all arranged. That they, they figured he would say that, so they had it, you know. Um, and then they sent, whoever it was, I forget, from the Calcutta Temple, Audrey Darn or somebody, sent back, you know, a runner from the walk. That when he comes back, you know, we're going to have the Arctic. And, uh, and Chutananda selected the, the song, Sri Guru Charna Padman. He sang it for the first time. And then, of course, it just was sent out, you know, like, Without the internet, I don't know how it went everywhere so fast, but <laughs> to every temple, and from that day on, in every temple, there was the, the Guru Puja. And uh, that was not something that, um, that in Godiamath was customary. Indeed, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur had kind of a lavish Guru Puja, if you will, that he almost spoke embarrassingly about on the day of his uh, appearance day, annually. Uh, he gave at least one very famous lecture, Trinadapisa, more humble than a blade of grass, and I'm sitting up here like a big beast and uh, you know, giving commands and so forth, and so many of you are worshipping and offering and so forth. And he spoke about the dynamic nature of humility to take the order of the guru on your head, even if it means sitting six inches higher, which is very uncomfortable, to be honest with you, than, than everybody else. Um, so... so uh, Somehow we were sitting with Sridhar Maharaj and it, this, this came up that Prabhupada had a Guru Puja every day in the temple. And he was surprised because he hadn't, you know, experienced that. Um, and it wasn't the custom of Bhakti Siddhanta. And as I'm explaining, it was quite, quite different by contrast. And, um, and uh, I think, and now that I think about the way it came up, is that the, there were some... Prabhupada had asked some of his disciples um, to uh, kind of walk in his shoes, if you will, after his disappearance and initiate disciples. He, I think he thought of leading people in different parts of the world um, uh, who had taken great responsibility in his mission, and he said he should do, he should do, he should do here, so on and so forth. And, um, well, they were trying their best, and it, those were big shoes to fill, so... Um, um, and not everybody was content with the way that they were uh, walking in those shoes and they didn't know really much better than 
how to walk in those shoes, but just do it the way Prabhupada did it, which is very innocent in a sense. So Prabhupada had a car and Prabhupada had, you know, we were very lavishly worshipping Prabhupada, very enthusiastically and very naturally, very spontaneously, it happened. Um, the, uh, we, we referred to him as Prabhupada, it just came naturally. It didn't, the Prabhupada didn't tell us to call him Prabhupada. Hmm? Uh, Ram Swami told me, that, well, that's another story, but um, the, we, we would chant Jai Prabhupada, Jai Prabhupada, you know, in, in Kirtan. The way that began was actually um, that Prabhupada had taken some of his students upon first returning with them to India from America to Sridhar Maharaj's moth on the day of Sridhar Maharaj's appearance. And he said, today we will learn how to worship the spiritual master. Hmm? He had a very affectionate relationship with Sridhar Maharaj. So I wasn't there amongst them, but um, I'm familiar with the story. And so the disciples went with Prabhupada, and there were some observers, and, and another a favorite, uh, another favorite uh, disciple, uh, disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, a godbrother of, of Srila Prabhupada, um, Akinchan Krishnadas Babaji, was there. He was famous for his kirtan and so forth. And so the, he sang the, um, that um, there was a song, there's a song that was composed by Sridhar Maharaj that glorified, glorifies um, was the name of Par- Prabhupada Padma um, uh, Prabhupada Stava Astakam Pranamami Sada Prabhupada Padam Pranamami Sada Prabhupada Padam just glorifying Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur the song is sung in every Gaudiya Math every day and in some of them it's 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 engraved in you know in marble the uh, some of the verses and so forth actually Prabhupada told um Akshayananda Maharaj, when he was the temple president in Vrindavan, this should be sung every day in all of my temples. It's everything that Prabhupada asked didn't happen, but uh, it was a very famous song, and, and it was thought by the God brothers uh, that Shudamar was able to very cap- capture the spirit of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur in those verses. So Kinchin Krishnas Babaji Maharaj sang that, and after singing that, with Pranamani Sada Prabhupada Padam. Pranamami Sada Prabhupada Padam Jaya Prabhupada Jaya Prabhupada Prabhupada Jaya Prabhupada And Prabhupada's, our Prabhupada's disciples looked up and thought, that's cool. We can, you know, we would, so we'd like to do that. So they, uh, I'm told, at least by those who are present, that that, uh, that uh, came from from there, and I want to, I'm only bringing it up because it came kind of naturally and spontaneously. Our uh, kind of extreme, uh, but virtuous and 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 and, and uh, noteworthy, praiseworthy affection for Prabhupada that Chidam was re- remarking about was very natural. He very much commanded the respect, and. Um, and so, anyway, some of his disciples were trying to fill his shoes, and they were very well-intended and so forth, and, and, and it's very, very sincere, I have no doubt. But there were big shoes to fill, and they didn't really have a lot of, uh, they didn't have a variety of experience, perhaps, of how that might be done. They Prabhupada did it one way, and we responded to Prabhupada in a particular way, and they, so they thought, well, you've got to have everything that Prabhupada had, and that's what it means to be a guru, and get a car, and, you know, whatever, and garlands, and yasa pujas every day, and uh, guru pujas every day, and so on and so forth. Certainly we have to honor the guru, not every day, every minute, in our hearts. How it will be expressed formally, that is another thing. Hmm? Um, 
we should give everything to the Guru and the Guru should then decide what will be appropriate or what not with regard to the an external show of that. One time, telling many stories within one, but um, one time we were with Prabhupada in Mayapur and um, he said in the class, and so the spiritual master should be referred to as Thakur. I forget what the class was about, but you know, it came up. And, and so after the class, um, one of, one, we walked Prabhupada up to his, his, his quarters and uh, some of, one of us said, Prabhupada, I think we should refer to you as Thakur. He said, why? <laughs> well, Prabhupada, you know, you just said, he said, oh, that, is, that is for later, not, not now, something like that. So, something like, if, some, if, if someone comes to your house and you want to make them comfortable, one of the symptoms of ways, it's very practical, of showing love is to offer food. You know, you say you want to have lunch together, you know, come over for dinner. And especially in olden times when there were less things to do. There was sex and food and, you know, there weren't, you know, in centuries past, and there weren't so many things to, to distract uh, one with or to pleasure oneself with. Uh, uh, so a very practical thing to share meal. So the, the spirit of it, of course, anywhere I think, but it very much comes out in Vaishnavism is, you know, you want... Uh, the person to feel complete. It's a very intimate thing, eating with others. So you want them to feel completely relaxed and so that they'll eat, you know, to their full satisfaction. And so you create an environment and you, you know, you put on the plate as much as they'll take and you, you know, you encourage them. They're going to say, well, you know, I don't want to look like I'm too hungry or, you know, there's, everybody should have enough, but you want to, um, Keep bringing the spoon around and offering. But the point is, of course, relevant uh, to the discussion that they are the ones that have to go enough, enough, and cover the plate. Finally, you have to keep offering something. So, this is the spirit of um, of worship and, with, and uh, honoring the guru. And then he or she has to designate enough. Um, and, uh, and what would be appropriate for any given circumstance, hmm? and uh, in uh, amongst intimate uh, group and amongst the public, in consideration of the fact that there may be disciples of other persons in the community, and so on and so forth. Um, these are all things we have to come to deal with now in our times that have changed very much since um, Prabhupada was here. But at any rate, hmm, um, the heart uh, um, and uh, full affection and uh, um, uh, and uh, um, recognition of the fact that there's no extent, no measure to which Krishna is more present in my life than a form of Sri Guru. This should be um, very much alive within us. Um, and so when we, somebody was maybe complaining or something about how the eleven gurus at the time, Tashvita Marsh, were being having a guru puja every day. He was surprised to hear that, hmm? and so he said he kind of inquired about it a little, and then he realized, oh, that's what Prabhupada did. He said, oh, no, as I'm saying, so he was surprised because that wasn't the system in Gaudiya Math either. Um, then he said, "So, so the devotees—they were—they were enthused by that. They were. This was his 
criterion. The devotees felt enthused by it every day, the offering. He says, it's a little extraordinary, that kind of example. Hmm? And we said, oh, yes, you know, we were, he said, man, you know, they're very good. And as far as the others go, well, <laughs> you know, if they're very affectionate, it would be the implication, you know, that it has, it has its place. Um, so, at any rate, my point is that he was very um, um, uh, moved by the measure of the affection and commitment of Prabhupada's disciples for him, and he... Uh, expressed to us that even our enthusiasm, those amongst him at the time, were drawing out from him things that, that his disciples weren't interested enough to have drawn out some of his disciples. And um, so we have had heard some some nice uh, some example of that. And we could uh, we could go other parts where there are more disciples. I'm sure there are day, on this day all over the, the world. People are expressing different uh, testimonies of their uh, affection for and for good reason, and by way of telling different antidotes and and so forth, um, their affection for Prabhupada. Um, so I appreciate having heard what we we have uh, today. There are some of you that are holding back, and <laughs> and uh, maybe in the course of the day you'll feel comfortable to share something yourselves as well. Um, and of course that affection, sincere appreciations and so forth, it, um, it arises out of a uh, philosophical platform. The canvas, there is a philosophical canvas, if you will, on which the art of Krishna Leela is, is, is drawn. And so similarly the the, the Prabhupada Leela, if you will, and the, 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 the affection, the love of his disciples for him and his love for them, it, um, um, it should arise out of a, um, a philosophical uh, it, a canvas as well. And so I'd like to speak a little bit about that um, with regard to the, the Tirubhav. Um, um, a little, little philosophy. I know that's not as always as moving as the emotional testimonies and so forth. Um, but we have both things. The, uh, it is a, a religio-philosophical ideology that uh, Chaitanya Dev has given us and our Prabhupada has passed on down to us. We call it a chintya beda beda. So the beda is is the non-difference, and the abed is the difference. The bed is the philosophy, the canvas, and the abed is the different expression hmm, that may arise out of that, the kind of variety that Prabhupada so much himself um, was concerned that an atmosphere would be created in his movement or preserved in his movement, that individual expression arising out of the uh, pluris, a plural, if you will, uh, expression uh, would arise out of a singular philosophical canvas. He actually set up his movement like that, in that he had two corporations that he established, the ISKCON, International Society for Krishna Consciousness. I mean, there was International Society for Krishna Consciousness for everywhere, for Texas, for California, for New York, and, and so forth. But it was really one, in a sense. Um, it was the, uh, the formal 
mission, its temples, and so forth. And then there was the Bhaktivedanta Book Trust, on the other hand. And um, he wanted the Book Trust to be singular in a sense, not in the sense that it would only publish his books, as some might think. I, I think he wanted a book publishing house that would be the premier publishing house for Vaishnavism in the whole world, and it would rival the, um, you know, um, um, Barnes and whatnot. They're not a publisher, but... Uh, um, hmm? McMillan. McMillan, okay. <laughs> McMillan, who published Prabhupada's first Gita. Um, uh, certainly, he, he, he was the heartbeat. If, if Iskon was the body of Prabhupada, the, the Book of Trust was the heartbeat of Prabhupada. And um, for it to remain alive, just like the mission, actually, it's also so, there needs to be, of course, an ongoing, as Maharaj was speaking about, succession of living devotees who represent the teachings, um, who now understand the theory and, and, and embody it in a way that it, others are compelled to embrace it and take it up, even if they don't fully understand it at first. The example should speak louder than the precept. This was the very standard of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's whole teaching. I mean, he is Krishna, so this is his Acharya Leela, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he's, he's playing as the Acharya and teaching by example. So, so the book fund, the book trust, was like one philosophy, I want to say. It was, it was, Rupanuga Virudhapa Siddhanta Dvanta Harine. The, con- the spiritual conclusions about the descent and the um, dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as understood, as Maharaj was speaking, in the heart of Rupa Goswami. Narottam Thakur, Maharaj cited, Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Sthapitam Jena Bhutale Sayam Rupakadhamayam Dadati Svapadantikam. Narottam Thakur is praying that when will that understanding of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that appeared in the heart of Rupa Goswami. Mahaprabhu himself made a testament to the measure, the extent to which Sri Rupa had understood him when during the Rathiyatra. Mahaprabhu sang a secular song. You can imagine if I was in the Rath, any of us were in the Rathiyatra and we started singing a Beatles song or something, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully with, with a you can hear anything. If you have the right heart in the right place, you can make Krishna consciousness out of everything. Because as probably you say, it, there's only Krishna consciousness, just like there's only the shine comes from the sun. And so it's either direct or indirect. There's only Krishna consciousness. Um, so Mahaprabhu had Krishna, he is Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Krishna Chaitanya means Krishna consciousness. It's Krishna Anushilana, but I think he took it from these two words, Krishna, Chaitanya. Hmm? And Krishna consciousness means, that means Radha Thakurani. She is the, the, the very consciousness of Krishna, and she's the most Krishna conscious. So, so anyway, Mahaprabhu was singing a love song from Kavya Prakash, a secular Raj Shastra, and uh, Rupa Goswami wanting to not allow people to think wrongly of him, I suppose, uh, then composed his own verse, and you, you all know these uh, these stories, but in, in Sanskrit, hmm, describing what was in the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this is Rathiyatra. Hmm, um, 
and then he tacked it on his hut, like uh, you know, it's like putting it on the internet or something in, the, in, the, in those days. And Mahaprabhu um, saw that, and he was embarrassed, and he gave him a slap, and and uh, but he acknowledged. He said, oh, "You must, you must be close to Sarubhadamadar. He knows my heart, hmm? so you have understood my heart." Hmm? We heard this morning that Prabhupada said it in a, in, a, in what we read. Prabhupada's rather long homage in glorification of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur in in Bombay. It's famous, um, famous amongst us. Um, gentlemen, he says, and he begins, and uh, the acharya is not uh, a sectarian concept, and so on and so forth. Um, and there, he you might have noticed that he he said and this all be- it, it, it began with Rupa Goswami. He's like the the founder acharya of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, hmm? and so Rupanuga Virudapasadanta Dhamdhari. This is of course a line from one of the pranam mantras of his Gurudev, our Param Gurudev. Or param param Gurudeva is maybe the case. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. That 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 what 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 Krishna's Kaviraj has done in Chaitanya Charitamrita, he has taken the understanding, the heart of Rupa Goswami, his understanding of what the ecstasy that is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Mahababa Mahaprabhu, and he's located it on the scriptural map, what it is, explained it, and and he's shown his heart. Rupa Goswami is Krishna's is taking a, showing the heart of Rupa Goswami. That's what Chaitanya Charitamrita is. The heart of Rupa Goswami for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? As understood by Krishna's Raj Goswami. Hmm? And so this is singular. We want to pass this on. Hmm? And nothing else. Therefore, Rupanuga Virudhapa Siddhanta Anything that was different from the conclusion of Rupa Goswami, he would become Virudha. Viruddha bhav means he would become enraged. Hmm? He could not tolerate. Hmm? This is a beautiful thing. Hmm? A beautiful thing. That he could not tolerate that people would get less than all of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give. Hmm? And Prabhupada had this same spirit and um, and beyond, other than the spirit, the point I'm making is that in his literature he wanted of one singular philosophy and then uh, therefore he he wanted the books to be in a certain way he he didn't have for example a policy with regard to the BBT of freedom of expression hmm? he, he he didn't want any word changed in his books and he was he was very careful about if you listen to Ramaswar you know he's got all the stories <laughs> how probably want every picture drawn and how it's size and and everything um, even when we Printed the second size of the Krishna book than the original one, he was upset. Hmm? He was very upset. I think they published three hardback volumes that were thinner and the same height and width rather than the two oversized big volumes. And Prabhupada was very upset. I mean, it's, it's, it's his peculiar, you know, sensibility. But I can tell you one thing about that. It's very interesting to me. When I first saw the Krishna book, hmm, Everybody has their story, of course, but I, I was in a, like a crash pad in, in Miami on my way to Jamaica with my pregnant wife at the time, and I was chanting Hare Krishna, which I had read in the back of a pack of incense that said your life would be sublime if you, you chant this. I, had a, you know, I saw that once and that was it. I had 
taken a vow of silence and I would just chant this mantra. And my wife did the talking. And, uh, <laughs> and so we, we were you know, like hitchhiking across the country and we, we found a crash pad, as they were called in those days, and in Miami. And, and it was New Year's Eve. And then within a day or two, we were going to Jamaica to live in the jungle and meditate. And uh, that was my idea. <laughs> and that was my mantra. And, um, and so uh, uh, it was, well, it was New Year's Eve. I came in the temple and, um, and uh, Sridham, remember Sridham? He was, I think he was the president there. He was giving a lecture from Bhagavad Gita. And he said, so if anybody just once, Prabhupada said, falls down and plays, prays, my dear Krishna, please help me. Then he will help you. So and so I did, <laughs> of course. And uh, he was my. I didn't know how to go about everything else. They kind of wanted me to stay, but I had my you know ticket for, for, uh, for Jamaica. Hmm. Uh, getting a little. That's yeah, a long story. But I, what did I bring it up for in the first place? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so that so. Before I went to the temple, I was in the crash pad, and I was in the crash pad, and these guys were really morose, and um, and I was I was not that kind of a person. I'm kind of an optimistic uh, type, and uh, and so forth. So I thought these people are nice enough; they let us stay here, and um, so I communicated to my wife we should get some vegetables, go bag some vegetables, and we'll cook some vegetable kind of like stew. Something like that for the house because they let us stay here. So we did that, cooked it all up, you know. And um, we told them, you know, we, we cooked this for them. They said, we, we only eat raw food. I said, God, these guys are just too much, you know. <laughs> and then I looked on the shelf and there was this fat book, the Krishna book. And the size of it just got me. You know, the letters, of course, K R S N A with the dots. And, but the fat, the size of it just struck me like, that's weird, different, that's interesting. So it worked for me. I don't know. Probably wanted that. That they were two different sizes, but the one, the first one, was quite fat. And I said, "What's that?" And they they laughed at me. These guys said, "That's where you should go." <laughs> and that temple is over here in Coconut Grove. They got a place over there. That's where you should be. You're like you're too. You know, like they were like they were like lamenting that a year had gone by and they had not become enlightened. There were posters. Around town of the Meher Baba saying, I am Ram, I am Krishna, you know, with the long hair. So anyway, I went to the temple. It was New Year's Eve. I heard Sri Dham speak, went out on Sankirtan with the devotees, handing out back to Godhead magazines <laughs> and so forth. The next morning, morning, I was told I should shave my, my head, you know. I said, I said, Why do you do that? And Nabiyovana, Manjari's husband, said, Like he thought for a minute, like he didn't know why almost, you know. And he said, Prabhupada does it. And I thought, that was a good reason. <laughs> they laughed. That's good enough, you know. Anyway, it, it took me about a month in, of trying my own chanting <laughs> in Jamaica before I came back and hitchhiked to California and, 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 and joined, uh, joined the mission. But, at any rate, Prabhupada was very concerned about the books would be done in one way, that the no words would be changed, and so on and so forth. I, I, that can be misunderstood, of course. Um, it doesn't mean that he didn't want, as I said earlier, more books or a continuation of the, the literature. He very much wanted his disciples uh, to write and, to, as Maharaj said, to, to, to carry on. It's, 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 nothing could make um, any guru more happy than that. 
Hmm? More please. And it, it, it is a testament as much as that uh, occurs as to the, the, the qualification of the guru who wants to make at least one person hmm, qualified to, to carry on. So um, he wanted, a, I believe, a, a, his disciples to continue the literary uh, legacy that he began, that it would be printed by the, by the, by the, by the BBT, not by here, there, and everywhere, and and Solo and Madaban by Lloyd Bazaar by somebody who's capitalizing on the the appetite that uh, devotees have for Krishna conscious literature and so forth. Probably wanted that all organized so that it'd be translated nicely and that it would be it would be um, presented in a, in a style that was. Uh, uh, very much up to date and compelling from that perspective and so forth, and I believe he wanted his BBT to be like I say, like Harper and Collins of you know Gaudiya Vaishnavism, such that, for example, other Gaudiya Vaishnavas and other Vaishnavas outside of Gaudiya Vaishnavism would feel that if they got their book published by the BBT, they would have made it, hmm? something like that. They would have like been with the best possible publisher. Hmm? This is the way in which Prabhupada wanted to bring unity hmm, through the singular arm, if you will, uh, uh, of, of the book printing, hmm, whether it be Gaudiya Vaishnavism or it could be another form of Vaishnavism, it could be Sri Vaishnavism, he would have, might have been published a Padma Purana or Vishnu Purana by Sri Vaishnavism as possible, but even if we limit it to, to, to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, hmm, uh, it is a way in which through the singular philosophy, we can connect with every group. I began this by saying there's strength in numbers, and Prabhupada used to uh, bring that up, and Anangam Manjari has been kind enough to say nice things about us here, and that we have a nice Sangha. So um, by her blessing, it's certainly the case. Uh, someone as dear to Prabhupada as, as, as she is. Um, um, and places like this are all over the world, and they should be connected with one another, with the kind of feelings that we hear. Um, coming from some of our guests that have not uh, been here. It makes us want to go visit them in their homes and uh, local temples and so on and so forth. And, and that brings us to the fact that, 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 that while there is something that can unify us, that something that is to unify us in Prabhupada's vision, which is very true to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, is meant to also facilitate an expression of individuality that makes for an, ab- an abed a difference. The difference is not bad. It ornaments the the, 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 the non-difference. Non-difference alone, Prabhupada spent his whole life against that. Hmm? He didn't only just... This is like Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam and Mayavad is Maya. <laughs> These are his mantras throughout his books. He didn't just comment on a verse that lent itself to... Um, critiquing Advaita Vedanta. He created opportunities that weren't necessarily there to critique Advaita Vedanta again and again and again. Because if you can't get past that, you cannot become a devotee. Hmm? So we should be careful about emphasizing singularity. Hmm? Um, There's a place for that. It's a singular philosophy, but a plural expression of the philosophy um, and it, that goes as far as serving goes, um, one's, one's interest in hearing over chanting or archan, hmm? 
um, amongst Navalakshan Bhakti, the nine limbs of Bhakti, and of course into the into the Paravyom as well. Hmm. In Sakiras, Madhuras, as may be the case. Hmm. These are all very, this is very, the beauty, if you will. We will emphasize the difference because it's the charm, it's the beauty. Otherwise the philosophy is is singular. So he set up his mission, I want to say, in such a way that it would very much foster individually individuality. He wanted the temples to be autonomous and be able to make decisions, who would come to them and who would, <laughs> for example, they wouldn't have to get some, make a communication with somebody, a pyre would give another, you know, a pyre and let's have a meeting and form a council and make a decision, next year we'll deal with it, something like that. He wanted people who were independently thoughtful and he wanted all of his disciples to be independently thoughtful within the context of the parameters, I should say, of the philosophy. And so there, there, not only there will be differences, we want differences. Hmm? I spoke a little bit some of the things that Pujapad Sridharmarsh said earlier. That's a whole side of Prabhupada. I was fascinated to find out. That's a whole side of Prabhupada. They lived together. He lived in Prabhupada's house for six years. He would speak about Prabhupada in different ways. It was very... I felt I got some more hmm? as to the um, the wonderful personality that Prabhupada was, a different perspective perspective like Anangamajar was sharing something about Pishima's relationship with Prabhupada. It was as affectionate or more than ours, but, but different at the same time. Hmm? So that kind of variety is, should be not only be accommodated, but fostered, um, in, in, encouraged, and so forth. We just have to regulate it, see that it remains within the parameters of the singular philosophy, that, 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 that it doesn't become sentimental, hmm? And, and we find that sometimes it becomes a sentimental glorification of Prabhupada that's not philosophically grounded, and it turns into even um, a, a, um, a trying to do away with variety hmm? and uh, individual expression and so forth. Prabhupada is very much concerned about that. I know, I remember once I heard, I was in Vrindavan with Prabhupada, and I heard he was going to cook that morning. So I thought, well, I'm going to go down and watch him cook. Hmm? I thought it would help him. I was a little bit bold like that. Um, and so there I went. And I was a relatively new sannyasi at the time. So Prabhupada was sitting taking massage. And I said, Prabhupada heard you were going to cook, so I thought I would come here and you know, see you cook. Because hmm? you don't cook very often. <laughs> it would be a special thing. And Prabhupada said, no, I don't know where you heard that. He said, and he said they're cooking very nicely. I, there's no need for me to cook. And then he said, I can cook with wood. He said, and then he began to speak. <laughs> he began to speak like of this, like I could live in the jungle and just with wood, and I'm a completely independent person. And so, and I was in this and yes, I was appreciating. Like, he's, he's talking about independence and so forth, and uh, of a, a, a sannyasi should have. And then uh, our godfather Gopavrindapal had heard that Tripa Ramesh had gone to see Prabhupada, and he thought I was going to talk to Prabhupada about book distribution or something like that which was the last thing on my mind, you know. When I would go with Prabhupada, I wouldn't think about book distribution. When I was on book distribution, I would only think about Prabhupada. <laughs> that, that, that was my... Ramasar wanted me to, to think about Prabhupada, book distribution almost more than Prabhupada sometimes. <laughs> sometimes i got to be with Prabhupada. Hmm. Prabhupada invited me in 1973 or 74, the first Mayapur, official Mayapur festival, to come, I, I was in Australia at the time, and I, I, I went, and um, 
And when I got there, Prabhupada called for me and he said, every year I want you to go and all year long you preach and then come and spend one month with me in Mayapur and Vrindavan. So I was, I was, my year was living for that. I, of course, I would see him if he came to America if it was possible hmm, without going too far out of the loop of my, my service. And I was dedicated to my service. Hmm. I w- once went to tell you a story about that uh, and illustrate a little bit what I'm saying as well. Prabhupada came to Los Angeles and um, it was Friday and it was a big day at the airport. Those days, that time, myself and Leela Shakti, my dear friend, we would distribute books at the airport in secular clothing and it was illegal. And so Prabhupada came in around two in the afternoon, but Friday was like a busy day and it wasn't anything like LAX today. You'd think it was like, you know, like in the backwoods or something, what that airport looked like then compared to now. So at any rate, we would we would sneak around and so Prabhupada was coming in about two o'clock and, and, and I changed out of my secular clothes into my devotional clothes to greet Prabhupada at the airport and uh, and uh, Prabhupada came and kindly gave me his you know, that glance of benediction. This is the one thing that was of, of all the characteristics of Prabhupada, I think his glance was most um, extraordinary. Uh, Balibhidabhushan in his Gita commentary writes about this kind of glance of benediction that some devotees have. And those of us who would receive that could, could understand something. He could look right into your soul and, and full of affection. And if you were doing it right, you could look right back. You know? But if you weren't, you couldn't look back. Hmm? First time I got up, went on a walk with Prabhupada, he was in a little Toyota station wagon we had from Los Angeles, and I slipped into the car in the back, and, and Prabhupada turned around and looked at me like, and who's, and who's that? And I just looked right back, and I'm like, it's your disciple, it's me. And he said, you just said, well, you know, I'm going to go for it. You know, I wasn't you know, anybody of notoriety at the time. And he was like that, too. He was very much like that with me. He was very kind, because many God brothers, for good reason, they wanted to organize the movement and everybody could just couldn't just run after Prabhupada. But if you if your heart was running fast enough, you did it anyway, kind of, and, and that's what I would do and they would make that announcement. Only the G B C and the sannyasis will go on the walk and I would go anyway. And Prabhupada was kind enough he turned and say, So, what are they saying? Because I was, you know, selling the books and in touch with the public so much and, and he would kindly ask me and I would give some, you know, response what they're saying and Prabhupada would defeat it and so forth and and uh, it wasn't only me. I remember once being in Chicago. We were in a room with Prabhupada, and um, Prabhupada's talking. And all of a sudden, there's this crash at the window. And what was that? And the GBCs jump up like there's a demon at the window, you know, coming to attack Prabhupada. And they go outside, and there it's a godbrother of ours named Premarnava, who's falling on his back because he was standing up on a chair on a balance, trying to listen in the window what was happening, you know, what was Prabhupada talking about in the room. So the GBC were so upset with him that he had made this disturbance and they came back and they reported the prophet and prophet's response was, why is he at the window? Why doesn't he come in? They didn't say, well, he's not allowed, Prabhupada, because it was Prabhupada. He loves me. You know, he wants to hear me. Really, he does. He's gone that far. You know, the story of that uh, lady who jumped, climbed on the shoulders of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with the Guru Stamba to see over, he was towering and tall, Chaitanya Dev, and blocking her view, Jagannath Dev. So he, she climbed on the shoulders and had the darshan, and others 
tried to criticize her, and Mahaprabhu said, if I could have the kind of enthusiasm that she had, then my life would be perfect. So, at any rate, I was just, as I was saying, Prophet came and I was changed my clothes, he gave me his glance of benediction, and there I was in this great dilemma, what to do. It's the busiest day at the airport, and Prabhupada wants the book sold, and Prabhupada's here, and he's going back to the temple. Should I do the service, or should I go back to the temple, and, and so forth? And, of course, I had the loving intimidation of Ramaswar also, you know, <laughs> which I very much appreciate. <laughs> so anyway, I opted for you know the service on this occasion. I'll do the service. I'll sell, I'll, you know, that's where Prabhupada's more present. And so I sold the books, and I'm, with every book I sold... I felt Prabhupada's presence more and more. Every book, and everybody took, which is not always, you know, it didn't always work like that. Everybody took a book. And I just went till I emptied my bag, and I thought, okay, I did it. Bag's empty. I'll go back. I went back, get off the, what is it, the 405 or something, Venice Boulevard, and every light turned green, you know, so it was every light (laughs) green all the way, you know. I thought it was curious, too. I got to the temple. And uh, I think it was Ramos Rakhani who said, Oh, you're back. Prabhupada's been talking about you. Hmm? About, you know, I told him you're selling books and this many books, and he's been talking about you all the... So I felt very confident that, uh, that you know, he's present in his service. Hmm? Present in, his, in, in service, in separation. Yes, Maharaj? That's why I don't like to interrupt, but, you know, I was never really big distributor of books. But after I left... Every book is big. And I was in Los Angeles at a good amount. You know, one day I decided I'm going to distribute books. Cause I was locked out of tarp a little bit. I said, i got to get back into this. So I went out that day in one of the malls in Los Angeles, distributed books, you know, as long as I could do it. And I came back that night, you know, I, I had dreams of Prabhupada, but there was never any presence of Prabhupada so strong as that night mm. after mm. I distributed those books. No. You know, it was very dear to him, that book publishing. It was very much a concern for his... Uh, and the movement was almost secondary, you know, it was important, but he wanted the philosophy to be uh, intact and so forth. So, um, with regard to his disappearance, I, 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 I guess that uh, we should say something directly, um, and I'll uh, try to do that. Uh, I remember... Like I said, he asked me to come every year to Mayapur and spend one with him in Mayapur and Vrindavan, and that was my heartbeat. I mean, that it was hard selling those books sometimes. It was pretty blissful, but it was hard, and I worked other people hard too. <laughs> I know that, but it was for a good cause, and, and we didn't do it very well. I would do it much differently now if I had the intelligence and wisdom and experience that I have, but we did it sincerely, hmm? and and that's why it worked. Hmm? It, it worked. Prabhupada... Uh, we, we we got his blessing. We did what we could, you know. We were like spiritual terrorists. Um, you know, you got to get attention. You know, perhaps that any publicity is good publicity. So at some stage, it shouldn't continue like that, but at some stage there's a place for for spiritual terrorism at, uh, you know, at the nation's airports. <laughs> Before the TSA, you know, no, they, we were terrorizing the people with the bombs of Prabhupada's uh, books. And, and we thought, as he used to say, and Nanga Majari mentioned it, one word, one shloka. What is the verse? Um, um, no, no, from Bhagavat. Yeah. Um, Nard, Nard's words to Vyas. 
he says that, um, you all know the verse, as soon as I remember it, you will too. I just heard Shilaprabhu say that from Vrindavan, and we asked him, what about distribution? And said, never mind big money, little money. One word, uh, yeah. take a hundred steps to Krishna. Yeah, it comes from a verse uh, that, Tadvag visargo janatago viplavo yasmin pratishlokam. Yasmin pratishlokam abadabhati piti. The book is such that even if it's not quite right from a literary point of view, the message is urgent and it, it'll touch you. And, it, and he probably used to say, Yasmin pratishlokam abadabhati, one, one shloka. No, one word. Then he said one time, he said in Los Angeles, just touch them with the book. You know, so we would think, <laughs> that was my policy. I'd say, excuse me, could you hold this for a second? You know, so I do that sometimes. You know, in a like time I shoot or something, that I think he's holding the book for a few seconds. A teachable moment is being created by the Sukriti of Prabhupada's books, and you know, then I'll then I'll start to speak to him. So, <laughs> so at any rate, um, um, that was my heartbeat. You know, and I would come and spend a month with Prabhupada and Mayapur Vrindavan, and so in nineteen what is it, nineteen seventy-seven. In the Mayapur festival, Prabhupada stopped. He came down a couple of times to give the class. And I lived for that, for Prabhupada's classes. I used to listen to every tape. Prabhupada, I was up to date with every tape that Prabhupada, you know, was, that had been recorded. I would memorize the tapes. Hmm? And, and when we used to drive to the airport, me and Lila Shakti, I would repeat the tape back to her, the whole class. Uh, it was our exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would go together to the airport. We only had the one car. As evil as that sounds, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> and there we were. I mean, uh, just to say a word about her, she's a beautiful person. I, I would, you know, it was a struggle sometimes in, in those days, especially for selling books. And we were, you know, it was illegal. I would see her at a distance somewhere in the airport, and I knew she's experiencing the same thing I am. This is she's giving so much for this, and it's difficult. We had a bond for a proper service in that way. So, some of you know her. Um, so at any rate, um, that year, 1977, Prabhupada stopped coming down to give lecture, and he asked different of his disciples to give lectures. And that was unprecedented, I think, um, at least in my time there. In other words, there were times when he was ill, maybe early in New York. I wasn't there on the East Coast at that time, but uh, this was in the festival, and everybody was there. It was just and he stopped speaking. And uh, so the word came that uh, uh, as the festival went on, the Prabhupada would, was not going to go on the Vrindavan leg of the, uh, of the journey of the, uh, of the festival. And so that was, that was enough for me. Then, then, I, then I was, was bad enough that he wasn't given the class and he was you know, not um, feeling well enough to, to come down. So I went to see Prabhupada and I went to tell him that um, there's no meaning to the Vrindavan. I'm not going to the Vrindavan festival. Because he had told me, every year, year you come and spend one month with me in Mayapur and Vrindavan. I, so I came to tell him, you're not going to Vrindavan. Uh, or I came to tell him, I'm not going to Vrindavan. Hmm? And, um, of course, my reason was obvious. Um, but I came, and as I went, Brahmananda was guarding the door, to the, uh, you know, we went through Prabhupada's room, and then there was a door to the back veranda on his floor, and um, 
Brown would put his foot up like this on the door, you know, between the door, and he says, where do you think you're going? He said, I said, I'm going to see my, my, my spiritual master. <laughs> I'll tell you something else. You know why I took sannyas? Hmm? I took sannyas because I had to, couldn't have to deal with that kind of stuff anymore. <laughs> I'm serious. Because <laughs> if you were sannyasi, you could just go on in, you know, for the most part. And that's what I, I thought. That's, I had enough of this, you know. <laughs> Prabhupada, give me sannyas, I don't have to deal with these guys. <laughs> Uh, it was a, a major factor, I should say. <laughs> so, anyway, there's Brahman. He's a big guy too, you know. So he, he he put his foot up anyway. You know, he said, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm going to see my spiritual master." He said, "You're just going to go touch his feet, and you know, give your karma to him." And he's he's sick because he's got so much karma. I said, "I said you don't understand the philosophy." He took my karma; it's gone a long time ago. You know. <laughs> Yeah, you got to read the books, Brahmana. And I just whoop, jumped over his leg, and I just went. You know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, Prabhupada was, you know, very kind. He, was, he pleased, seemed, seemed pleased to see me. So he, he, I said, why was there? I said, probably I'm not going to go to the Vrindavan Festival. I figured, I figured I had to tell him, because he told me every year to go to the Vrindavan Festival. So he said, why not? As if, like, you know, he didn't know, or he couldn't figure it out. He, you know, he was so non—I want to say non—you um, know—he was Krishna-centric. He was not—you know—if you'd say there's some famous stories, like in the airport, somebody said, "Tell all the devotees they have to stand up," you know, because we were all sitting on the floor, and so somebody made an announcement. I think it was Hans Duda. All the devotees have to stand up, and Prabhupada stands up. You know? <laughs> no, not you, Prabhupada. I mean. I'm not a devotee? I mean, you know, it wasn't like calculated, just like, this is very natural. Hmm? Very unassuming, I would say. Such command he had, and so small. You know, he was so short, but so big, and holding his head so high, like looking, you could see just the way he carried himself. He had a vision that was so, so grand, hmm? so large, so large by way of affection, I mean to say. This is the Vrindavan Leela. Hmm? If we go to, this world is small, it has the constraints of time and space, and it's mean. It's small in that way, it's small-minded, hmm? it's selfish. Hmm? If we give up the selfishness and stop taking, hmm? we can go to Brahman. But not taking is not the full face of giving. If we enter into Vaikuntha, the big Brahman that's at Brahman, that's everywhere. Hmm? If you're everywhere, how can you move? Brahman is everywhere. You go to Vaikuntha, it becomes smaller. Now Narayan is there, he's moving. He's got a form, there are planets or whatever. It seems smaller, but it's bigger. Why is Vaikuntha bigger? And before we answer that, go from there to Vrindavan. It's even smaller. You know how small Vrindavan is compared to Vaikuntha? The idea is it's a village. I mean, you know, you're talking about palaces and, uh, in, uh, in, in, in Vaikuntha. You go to South India, to the temple. The temples are whole, like whole cities, practically. Jagannath Puri is like that. Um, so, it's bigger. It's bigger. They have no rasa in Brahman. There's only one. So it's small. The measure of feeling is limited by comparison. And to go to rasa, and go, go from there to, to Vaikuntha, we have two and a half rasas. Sancharas, Dasiras, and half of Sakiras. And from there to you go to Ramlila, there's Dasiras, a special kind of Dasiras. But there's also some, there's also 
we find the brothers, Lakshman, um, Hart, and so forth. We find God has a mother there. You cannot attain that, Vatsalya Bhakti, Sakya Bhakti. You know, but it points the way to Krishna Leela. Hmm? Where it's small in appearance, but it's big because of the measure of the affection. Hmm? As I often say, you could live in like a cave or the hollow of a tree if you're with the person you love. Hmm? It's bigger. You could drop someone off in the desert, which is vast. Say, I'll give you the whole Sahara Desert by yourself. Hmm? You'd rather live in a small place, apparently, ex- existentially small, a cognitively, cognitively small, if the ananda is big. That is Vrindavan. The ananda is big there. The love is big. The knowing is little. They don't even know that Krishna is God. They don't know the Upanishads. Hmm? They don't know the Vedas. Hmm? The existential appearance is, is a small place. But it's most big. And this was Prabhupada's heart. As Radharani says through the mouth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in, in Jagannath Puri, you're in Leela, uh, Rathayatra. More man Vrindavan. Hmm? Krishna's inviting. This is Mahaprabhu in a trance hmm? of what Rathayatra is about. Gopis, Vrindavan, Rajbasi's meeting Krishna. He's with elephants and trumpets and entourage from Dwarka. He invites her. Come to Dwarka. No, you have to come to Vrindavan. And my mind is Vrindavan. You kind of plant your feet there. His heart is Vrindavan. This is the the house that everybody can live in. That uh, is often um, spoken of. Hmm? That he was said to be able to build. Hmm? That person who was homeless hmm? in in New York, homeless. He carried in his heart a home big enough for everybody to to. Uh, to live inside. Hmm? So, I told him, I'm not going to Vrindavan because you're not going to Vrindavan and you are the festival. Hmm? And um, so, he appeared to appreciate that very much. Uh, but given his nature, uh, he said, but you should go. You're a preacher. Hmm? You should go. And 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 preach to the devotees there, and of course I followed his, his instruction. But then he began to speak about preaching, and he said that because I'm preaching always, I feel the presence of my Guru Maharaj with me at all times. So you do that, and I'll always be with you. You, you preach. He said, I've given you the name Triparari. He said, Triparari is the name for Shiva, who's empowered by Krishna. To deal with a very awkward situation of the Maya Dhanava had these three fly, floating cities by which he was attacking the demigods. So, Tripur, Aripur means three city, Tri means three, Ari means enemy. So, he became the enemy and he was empowered by Krishna to be successful in conquering over Maya Dhanava. So, Prabhu was explaining the meaning of the name to me. He said, So, so you have this is what you have to do. You have to slay all the demons by you know, speaking the philosophy, and I will always be there with you. Hmm? He said so. So you know, of course, we went uh, uh, to to Vrindavan, and it was um, that was would have been in March, April, and um, in May, the Prabhupada's condition became such that uh, there was an alarm, more or less, set out that Prabhupada was so sick, and this is the hottest time of India too. I don't know how he. Um, 
persevered through that heat. But, um, but of course, Lama and I came in May also, spent the month of May there. And uh, then he appeared to, you know, maybe it was going to get a little better or something. And so um, I went back to the field, and it was always for me like, like that. You know, you're going to be in the field preaching and serving, or are you going to be personally with Prabhupada? And he didn't want to take advantage and uh, enjoy him, so to speak. He wanted to serve him always. If it, was a, it would make him happy that you were there, then you would be there. It would make him happy that you were... And this is the whole idea... If Krishna's happy there, then hmm. Radharani doesn't die from Krishna's separation because it would make him unhappy if she died. Hmm. So this is the spirit. At any rate, September again it became very acute. I guess his situation enough to alarm the devotees that it looked like he might be leaving. So I went there again. I spent the month of September, part of October, with Prabhupada. And uh, by that time, he was so emaciated, having practically was eating only like charnamrita every day or something. So he's quite thin. And um, um, so I, I, I spent time with him there. We had a 24-hour kirtan was going on at that time, and different persons would be assigned a certain period of time for chanting. I was assigned from 1 to 3 in the morning. Hmm? It was me alone. And... Um, I would go every morning and chant. Uh, it was me and Prabhupada and um, I forget now who it was. Who, maybe maybe Harisari or somebody who was taking care of Prabhupada personally. Um, and so I, I remember the one day I was there chanting and I, I thought, oh, I just want to chant in a way that would be pleasing to Prabhupada. I have a couple of experiences like thinking like this. First experience, I'll tell you before I continue this story, was in Los Angeles many years earlier. Hmm? Prabhupada used to know he would come and greet the deities, and then he would give the cl- chant Jayaradamada, give the Madhava, give the class, and then after class there would be a short kirtan. Hmm? There would be the Guru Puj, the class, Guru Puj, the class, and then a short kirtan. And so this, on one occasion, um, the time came for the kirtan, and there were a couple of sannyasis kind of jostling for who would you know, lead the, the kirtan kind of a thing. I was a, not a Brahmin, not a sannyasi at the time. And so I was like Guru Kripa and Sadas and Maharaj and, and, and Sudama, I think, were kind of like... And then Prabhupada, they started and Prabhupada stopped and said, no, let this boy sing. Hmm? <laughs> now the background of that was that I had been um, standing, we had two lines, you know, I think it was women on one line, men on the other side, and then the Rukmini and Dwarka in the center, and that was clear, the aisle for Prabhupada to see the deities, while he chanted Jayarana Madhava. So I was uh, standing, I would always stand on Prabhupada's right side there with, with the cartels, and, and I was chanting Jai Radha Madhava, uh, you know, in response to him, into his ear, practically. And I was thinking, I don't know what this means, really, but I just know he likes it. It's very pleasing to him. So I just want to chant to please him, that's all. Because it ple- I, that's all I want to do. So that's what I was thinking, that's how I was feeling. So when it came time for the kirtan, they started it. Sanyasa, he stopped and said, "Let this boy chant." Hmm? So, you know, I, I don't know what. So I sang, you know, chant Hare Krishna, whatever. Next morning, same thing would happen, and it wasn't the same thing with the Jayaradamada. But Prabhupada again stopped and said, "Let him sing again." Hmm? So I could understand. He could, he could understand your heart. He could feel your heart. Hmm? And these are just others have test, given testimonies to this effect, as well. So, what was the story I was telling? I was. Yeah. 
Right. So I was chanting. I thought, I just want to chant, and I want to remain in the Guru Parampara. Prabhupada's leaving. Hmm? This is our link to the Parampara. What does that all mean? He's leaving. I want to be connected with the Guru Parampara. I didn't like think it out in any detail, but that's what I was thinking. And I just so I wanted to. I, I thought to myself, I want to chant a Parampara kind of melody. And there's all kind of melodies that we would come up with, or you know. One time we were in, in, in Vrindavan and someone was chanting and I was with Prabhupada in his room and Prabhupada said, who's chanting? Hmm? Stop that rakshasha. So I won't tell you who it was, but anyway, Prabhupada didn't like it, anyway, the way he was chanting that day. So I guess he, he, what Prabhupada heard was, you know, listen to me chant or something like that, you know, was on his mind, which could have, Pratishta is hard to, you know, give up and... Uh, so, anyway, Prabhupada would chant, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. That was like one of the original tunes, if not, you know, one of the only tunes that Prabhupada would chant. And when I joined first, I used to listen to that and, and then cook chapatis and, you know, hope they popped up, which meant that Krishna was smiling at you, you know. <laughs> this was... So, uh, so anyway, I said, I know that's a bona fide melody. You know, though, this is really, you kind of see how simple we were, um, which has its virtues. I, that I chanted that mantra, and this is my spirit. I just want to remain connected to the parampara, and I'm going to chant a bona fide tune. Hmm? So I'm chanting, and Prophet's resting, and then Prophet woke up. Hmm? <laughs> he said he couldn't get all the way up because he was quite ill and weak, and whoever it was, Hari or whoever it was there, he said, who, who is that chanting? Hmm? So I could understand. He's hearing me. He's, un he's understanding my heart. He said, oh, that's strip or she's chanting. I said, oh, very good. Hmm? So I felt at that time I got blessed. I will stay in connection with the Guru Parampara. I didn't know I'd be doing this, like, <laughs> in this way, but, uh, but I got good company in his absence. Hmm? You know, he said... If you want philosophy, and after my departure, I was there for that one too. He said, "You can." Tamal asked him, Tamal Krishnamurish, "You're going to pass away." It's, you know, it was very awkward. What should we? How do we do, perform the funeral? He said, "You can ask Narayan Maharaj of, of uh, for that." And uh, so Tamal ventured to ask a question that I wouldn't have thought to ask, which was, "If there's, is there anyone else?" After you leave the world, we can consult with you for philosophy. I was massaging Prabhupada's feet at the time. He said, for philosophy, my God, brother, be our Sridhar Maharshi So, I mean, I just, for a moment, tell you that, you know, that I, that I felt, I never felt that Prabhupada was more present in anyone else than I found him in the person of Pujapad Sridhar Maharshi. I wasn't looking for it, but it, when I found it, I thought, well, you got to go with where you find Prabhupada, you know, most significantly. So, at any rate, um, um, these were the days I'm in Vrindavan that I that I was closest to Prabhupada near the time of his departure. At that time, near that time, his sister Bhavatarini or Pishima, as we used to, used to call her, came there, and um, you know one day Prabhupada she wanted to cook for Prabhupada. I don't know some what do they call that that what did, kachoris and you know that where you burn the bottom of the pot. You know what's it called? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we were so, also naive um, that 
she wanted to cook, and she cooked, and Prabhupada ate a little bit. We thought Prabhupada's cured, you know, Pishima's going to cure Prabhupada, and that's what it is, you know. And so uh, Prabhupada was in a good, 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 good spirits that day, and I was sitting there with him at his feet with just a Dunamaraj, and, and he said, he said, you are a very intelligent boy. He said, you should go back to America and preach. It was heartbreaking. I wanted to stay with him there, and I, but I thought, okay, he's, he, that was another sign that he's getting better. Okay, I'll, I'll go back to uh, America and, and preach. At that time, relative to our larger discussion and gathering here, which is with regard to Govardhan Puja, at that time, of course, Prabhupada ex- had, had been expressing an interest in circumambulating Govardhan Hill. And there was a debate, you probably know this, there was a debate going on amongst the disciples. Some took the position that whatever the guru asks we do, other took the position that, that, that not everything we ask, he asks we do. That will be terrible for his health, that we can't allow that to happen. And probably was like, kind of like pulling these strings of, of both sides and drawing out this kind of debate and feelings from his disciples. It was very... Extraordinary, because if he was to go around Govardhan Hill, it would be on a bullet cart, and it's not a comfortable ride. And he couldn't even lie comfortably in the bed, practically. He was so frail, as I said. He was so emaciated, um, and you know, he was. He kept talking. About it. He wanted to go. And this is Kartik, hmm? this time of year. Prabhupada's in the middle of the Brahma Vimohan Lila, hmm? which is, uh, you know, it covers about three chapters of the Bhagavad. Very, very prominent section of the Bhagavatam from the point of view of Tattva and the point of view of, of the Bhava of the book. Hmm? We've discussed this at some length on other occasions, but Prabhupada's in the middle of that. This is very... Krishna's... Be, it's coming. I mean, he's come, he became a calf herder hmm? at this time. And uh, the whole in Brahma's prayers, the whole Siddhanta comes of Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. It's a very powerful, powerful section. Many verses from several verses from there, Prabhupada would repeat regularly in his, in his in his classes. He was absorbed in the thirteenth chapter. It's twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. This is a, of course, a fully full-on sakirasa lila. Prabhupada indicated, as you know, that he had some affinity for that. Tomaramilani by Abha Sheshukopai Gocharani Guridimbor. This prayer, Prabhupada, now we go back to the beginning. We're at the end. I'm talking about his departure. Hmm? He wrote in the beginning. Before he arrived at that Boston Harbor and sent the wave of the wind of affection and me and profound feeling that touched so many people's hearts and found them thinking about God whether they might not have otherwise. Hmm? Right? On the boat, not thinking of, I'm writing for the public, he wrote his prayer to Lord Krishna, hmm? not knowing if he would reach the shore. Hmm? Uh, what is it? Krishna Tava Punya Hobibhai. Hmm? Begins like this. The first half of the poem is a perfect example of Sharanagati, surrender, which is the focus in Sadhana Bhakti. Hmm? Sadhana Bhakti will focus on surrender, faith, hmm? up to Ruchi, when the stage of Sharanagati is in place, then Asakti comes, then Bhav and the drama of Krishna Lila is performed in a heart, you know, in a place near you. Hmm? 
in your heart. Uh, Sharanagati, sadhana bhakti is about sharanagati, about about cultivating surrender. Bhava bhakti is about longing. Hmm? As much as the surrender is in place, the longing is appropriate. That's why bhakti siddhanta used to say, first deserve, then desire. Hmm? We desire in a little bit, but but inordinately to to desire hmm? in an unbecoming way. I want to go to India, hmm? but I don't want to buy a ticket. You know, I mean, you know, don't do the work to get the money or something. This is your, don't bother me with that, hmm? right? But if you want to do the work, you don't do the heavy lifting. If you want to sit a deha, why don't you use your sadaka deha that Prabhupada or your guru has given you? Hmm? People like to listen about sit a deha, but they don't want to hear about a sadaka deha, which is which means a body for sacrifice. Hmm? I mean, with that body, you have to get up early in the morning. If you have a siddha day of a coward body, you can sleep till six. It's no problem. But if you have a gopa day, gopis, that's another thing. But uh, <laughs> the sadhaka day, this is, this is for following the footsteps of Prabhupada, who Ramaswar recently said to me, who gave up sleeping for 12 years for us. Hmm? That's a fact. When we would go to bed, he would stay up and write. I had some chance, chance in Vrindavan a few times to, to be there, and he would write on his baran, and I would wake up to answer the call of nature, and he would be there writing, and I would sit and watch him, you know, at a distance through the window. Hmm. Gave up sleeping and traveling. My assisting me here now, Mano Mangal, he said, I know how you do this, Guru Maharaj. All these people, and, and uh, you give me so many talks. Twice a, twice a day and traveling, I said, it is nothing, nothing. You should see what my Guru Maharaj did. Hmm? What is his traveling at his age? And, and in those days, you know, they smoked on the planes. Hmm? They say, this is the non-smoking section. I mean, they're in a plane, for God's sake. You know? <laughs> it's a joke. Hmm? Um, so, so there he wrote. It's a beautiful, the first part is all about Sharanagati. Hmm? And, he, and, it, and he's praying for the, my dear Krishna, hmm, you are, let me tell you something, he says, my dear Krishna, uh, uh, Krishna tava punya hobe bhai, e punya, hmm, he says, who is it? Radhani kushi hobe. That um, it will be good for you, and it's sure as the, as Dhruva is the, as the planets orbit around Dhruva, and it's fixed, it's fixed in time forever, and it's known for sure, for with certainty, that your life will be successful if Radharani is pleased with you. Hmm? That is such. A, that is Gaudiya Vaishnavism in a whole, in one, in one, one line. That is the whole essence of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Jai Radhe, Jai Radhe. So he said, I, 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 "My dear friend, my brother, if Radharani is pleased with you, your life will be successful." And then he begins. Sar- my, my Guru Maharaj, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he gave me an order. Hmm? The implication is, in my Guru Maharaj, he's, he's a maidservant of Radha. Hmm? So through him, I've got the order of Radha. Hmm? And it, that order is how to use my sadhaka deha to go to the Western world and preach. Hmm? And that's not an easy task. So I pray to you, you give me the power that I can uh, do my Guru Maharaj's bidding, and if if you give me that power, 
then Radharani, through the, in the form of my Guru Maharaj, would be pleased with you. Hmm? This is a very crafty kind of way of speaking to Krishna. And of course we know that in no uncertain terms, Krishna gave him the power. Hmm? Speaking about that power, uh, it was Sridhar Maharaj who said, I think of him as Shaktyabesh. Now we all say it, you know, but that's where it came from. Hmm? We would have never said something. We would have thought we were Mayavadis for saying something like that, you know. Then he said once, his disciple Govinda Maharaj asked him, what kind of a Vesh? He said, Nityananda Vesh. Hmm? And I met, it's interesting, a point on a, as a, an aside, I met two people, two gurus from uh, missions outside of our, our family of Bhaktivinoda and Bhaktisiddhanta, Prabhupada and so forth. Um, um, sometimes we re- lo- lo- loosely refer to them as Babaji's. And they had said that, that Swami Bhaktivedanta, he was empowered by Nityananda for his work. Hmm? Hmm. One of them told his disciple, you should associate with that group that he was empowered by Nityananda too. Hmm. So, Siddhar Maharaj traced it out. He gave examples of, to support his contention. We see this in him, we see this in Nityananda, we see this and so forth. Hmm? So, he got the empowerment, of course, and then after the, in the other half of the prayer, he, he, he longs for his uh, ideal as he expresses it there. Hmm? This is a very intimate thing that, uh, of course, we published. <laughs> uh, I mean, his disciples published it, and I think, uh, what's his name? You probably liked his kirtan. Jasachinandan put it in, uh, in, in song and, and sang it. And this is, this is Prabhupada in Vrindavan now, in the middle of the Brahma Vimohan Leela. Hmm? He's attaining his aspiration, or however you want to think about it, or, you know, going back to Godhead. Hmm? He's, um, he's in the middle of the Brahma Vimohan Leela. He wants to go on, you know, Govardhan Parikrama for Govardhan Puja and uh, circumambulate the hill and this, all these pulling the heartstrings of his disciples. No, he cannot go. The spiritual master wants to go. You know, there's the two sides. And of course, the, the affectionate, intimate side won out. The Vrindavan side kind of won out where you can tell Krishna what to do even though he's the supreme personality of Godhead. Hmm? So he wanted to teach us something. Hmm? And he had those feelings. He really wanted to go because he, he's really going there. Hmm? He's going there. Hmm? And, um, and so they, just, they didn't allow him to go, of course, and, and from that, uh, that, that place he passed and, 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 and set an example for us. I was reading just uh, this morning the last verses that he wrote, and then I looked and I found that, that, that how he was writing them with Jayadweta Swami there and a dictaphone and saying, and it says this, and I think Perduma also, and he's still trying to translate. He said, that old man is still beating on his drum here, still beating on the drum. So has he told me when I realized he's leaving, you can stay, you can keep my company always by preaching. I keep the company of my Guru Maharaj by always preaching. Like Maharaj said earlier, he got a suggestion from Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. I think it would be good for you to preach in English. If you ever get money, print books. Prabhupada said, my Guru Maharaj ordered me to print books and speak in English. This is Guru Nishta. Hmm? He had such strong Guru Nishta. No wonder we do. 
Hmm? Like Sridhar Maharaj said as I began, in him, disciples and grand disciples and so forth, hmm? celebrating his his day of his his day of hiding. Hmm? As I said earlier, disappearance to above means means concealment. So he's hiding himself. Hmm? He does not want to keep away from us. No. Hmm? It's a game of hide and seek. Krishna plays actually, and the Guru is playing the same thing. He comes out of nowhere, hmm? and it's very true with the person of probe. He came out of nowhere, hmm? really. I mean, now it wouldn't seem like that. Hmm? Somebody come from India and a, another Guru from India. He came out of nowhere, and he looked like different from everybody. I mean, you ever see anybody that looked like that? He looked like he was like his his sadhaka day had the characteristics of a Siddhadeha. I mean, it was fully perfected Sadhakadeh. His height, his ears, his characters, I mean, it, it, it was very different. And it, just out of nowhere he appeared, luminous. And and now, then, he, I mean, of his own accord, like the sun appears of his own accord, nothing could make it happen. Guru Krishna Prasade Pai Bhakti Ladabij Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Bhagavan Jeev. We are wandering and somehow, by good fortune, it happens. Guru comes into the life out of nowhere. He appeared and suddenly he disappeared. And, and some have said it. We never thought he would. We knew he would, but we, we didn't couldn't entertain the thought, even as it was happening. Hmm? So there's something to be uh, learned from that. He's disappeared, not gone. It means he's hiding. Hmm? And now you have to try harder to find him. Hmm? That is the trick. You have to look more closely at the books, for example, that he wrote and spent so much time with, losing sleep over, to make available for us. And that what he asked us to study, like scientists, as to what are the ramifications, what are the implications, what are the meanings. Where do the references that he cites to other books go? What are those books about? What, are, what is he bringing us in touch with? A whole family, a whole community, a whole parampara. Hmm? If you have one guru, you have many gurus. Hmm. If you think, I want to have many gurus, so I'll not accept any one guru, you will have no gurus. Hmm? If you have one guru, then you'll be connected with the, the whole, as Prabhupada was speaking this morning, what we read, hmm? the guru is one. And you'll be connected to the whole Guru Parapara, and you'll feel the affection of all of them. Hmm? You can pray to Bhakti Vinod too. Hmm? He's very generous, I can tell you that. Jiva hmm? Goswami, hmm? Rupa Goswami. This hmm? uh, Guru Kripa Maharaj and Shodananda once said to me, they came to, to, to um, the first time I met him. Imagine what that was like. And I was a brahmachari. You know. They came to Los Angeles, and they had um, uh, tapes of Lalit Prashad, Lalit Prashad, Prabhupada's, uh, Bhaktisiddhanta's uh, brother, hmm? and they were listening to the tapes because Prabhupada was allowing them to go and hear from Lalit Prashad. They would, were taping him. Hmm? And so they said, now don't get us wrong. We love Prabhupada, but what if there were more than one Prabhupada? And I thought, well, whatever, okay. So they're the tapes, you know. <laughs> That's how they were thinking. Later Prabhupada said, don't listen to him, you know, because he had... Whoever he was, he was also a critical of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. So my point only is that 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 as Prabhupada used to say, Krishna is not alone. Hmm? Prabhupada is not alone. 
when we hear the songs of Mirabai, there's no mention of Jashoda, Nanda, and all of the close associates of Krishna. So we think she's gone somewhere else, somewhere, some way Krishna's manifesting in her life. When we hear the songs of, songs of Narutam Thakur, of uh, our Gaudiya Charis, of Bhakti Vinod, all these, what's, what, you see, you cannot have Krishna without Yashoda. You cannot have Krishna without Radha. Hmm? You cannot have Krishna without Subal, without Sridham, without um, welcome. Thank you for coming. Hmm? Yeah, it means this is a Chintya Veda Veda. Love of Krishna and Krishna, they are one. Hmm? And you can't have Prabhupada without his disciples also, and grand disciples. So I'm very honored to be in the company of all of you and to have heard some of you speak in glorification of him as you have. And, um, and, and so now our task is, and I'll conclude with this as I say, that he's disappeared, he's hiding. You should think of it like that. Hmm? Uh, now you have to go and seek him out. And he, he's in a different form also. Hmm? He has a place in Krishna Leela. His departure is, is an invitation for you to find him internally. Hmm? Hmm? Prabhupada said, Bhakti Sanatasarasalak Thakur is always with me. But he was always with him internally. He wasn't even making a big display outward. One Gaudiya Math Acharya said, your Guru Maharaj has kept Bhakti Siddhanta in the closet. I, you know, I said, well, you might want to think again about that. <laughs> He's known all over the world because of Prabhupada. But what he meant is, like I was saying earlier, Prabhupada was having this gorgeous Guru Puja, that is, it would seem, of himself every day. Hmm? What about Bhakti Siddhanta? He was there. Hmm? He was that, that, that adherence to his so-called order, his suggestion that he took as an order, that um, he carried out this dynamic, I want to say, presence of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur in the Guru Parampara in his life. And with the disappearance of the Guru, which all of us will experience at some point, it's not as an invitation to go deeper. It's a, it's a mandate, really, to go deeper and find him on another level. Peter Marsh told me, you have three choices. Your Guru has disappeared, you have three choices. You become a Guru, that's not so easy. You attach yourself to someone who can do that service or get out of the way hmm? and let somebody do it. Then he said, and you go now and start a mission. I said, okay, well, <laughs> you find him in your heart, represent him there. Express it uniquely, individually, differently, as we do here a little bit differently than some of the places other devotees do. And I just say, that's not a cause for concern. That's charming and beautiful. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Kijai. So, sorry for speaking as long as I did, and I do appreciate everyone else's contribution, and if anybody else has anything to share, we'll be sitting around the fire tonight over at Sargraya. Probably we have 150 acres here we're developing into New Alachua. Um, <laughs> Got to have a new something, right? So, <laughs> so you're all welcome to sit there, and we'll... We'll continue our discussions. And with that, um, we'll close the discussions for now. We have Arti Guru Puja for Prabhupada and Arti for Radhanada and Mahaprasad. Srila Prabhupada ki. Go Premanandi.